Hello, welcome to ATM, Artists Talk Movies, a podcast interviewing creatives about films that have inspired and or influenced their personal studio work. I'm Hyde Fontenot, and I'm here with co-host Aaron Stafford. We're here to talk about contemporary art and the creative impulse with new guests each episode. We're having casual conversations. We don't pretend to be authorities. We're hoping to give you a window into the visionary process of makers. Ariel, listen to me. The human world, it's a mess. Life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. The seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake. You dream about going up there, but that is a big mistake. Just look at the world around you, right here on the ocean floor. Such wonderful things around you. What more did you look in for? <laughs> well, hi. How are you doing? Well, hi, Aaron. Uh, we were uh, we were just comparing temperatures. Uh, yes, we were. You're in depth. Not internally, <laughs> externally. <laughs> we'll do that when we're together. Yeah. 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 So you're you're yeah. in Dallas where it's still 90 degrees, and I'm in Newfoundland where it's 60. Yeah. 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 And um, things are actually, honestly, it felt really pleasant today. I actually worked a little bit outside. Yeah. And it was nice. Good. So we're enjoying the 90 degree. You weather know you're here. in Texas when mm-hmm. you're saying you enjoy the 90 degree weather, because you're relieved that it's not 105. Yeah, this this summer was punishing, yeah. I think, with how how hot it was. So, yeah, it's a it's a relief. Yeah. So, um I am in Newfoundland and I'm on the coast of mm-hmm. the Atlantic and this oh, this yeah. episode we're going to talk about a double feature, uh The Little mm-hmm. Mermaid, a Disney film from 1989 that's animated that mm-hmm. is in your VHS mm-hmm. collection. That you, heck yeah, <laughs> you grew up you grew up watching every day or something, and then uh, the the Czech film from uh, 1976, mm-hmm. uh, Little Mermaid. That's a live action mm-hmm. uh, kind of surreal film by the director mm-hmm. Karl Kachnya, I think is how you might pronounce that. And both are based on yes. the 1837 fairy tale uh, by Hans Christian Andersen, um, The Little Mermaid and uh yeah and and you're going to introduce uh the guest artist this week jessica harvey yeah this week we have jessica harvey and she is an artist and writer whose work explores the fractures of bodies place and history using photography video sound and archival resources the images and installations she makes acts as a catalyst for the exploration of the psychology that one attaches to memory and place. Uh She was awarded a Fulbright grant to Iceland, which is pretty cool. Uh And her work has been shown internationally, including exhibits at the Kunsthal Trottim in Norway, Acre Projects in Chicago, and the Luminary in St. Louis. Her chapbook, Lilies in Flame, Wax Tomb, was published in 2019 with Walls Divide Press. Uh, she is currently in a group show, Loud Lord, which 
is a little hard to say, <laughs> uh, in Chicago at Good Weather and is up until October 22nd. Ah. And she is currently an artist in residence at Saladias in San Antonio and has a solo show there in November. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Jessica. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to talk. Yeah. Um, all things <laughs> under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, did you know that Hyde had never seen the Disney uh, version of this? I do, because I think, we, ta- I think uh-huh. we talked about The Little Mermaid once before, and you had oh, really? mentioned you had never seen yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is where, like, age and generation really makes a difference because mm-hmm. yeah like in, in 1989 i think i was 24 and the only mm-hmm. films i would go watch were like uh you know like foreign films i would never go see an animated disney <laughs> film you know so which is like <laughs> funny to think about because it was the first movie that i saw in the theaters that oh my, my god that Jessica, was <laughs> me too really no way yes <laughs> Yes. That is so wild. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the first yeah. movie I re- How How old are you guys in 89? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, six. Jessica, how old were you? <laughs> okay. In 89, I was also six. This is really freaking me yeah. out, y'all. <laughs> well, I'm talking to two six-year-olds about an animated movie. <laughs> and we're going to delve totally into the psychosexual, are. so... Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little nervous, actually. <laughs> now, if we have this adult discussion, I want you guys to just be very serious about this. <laughs> oh, yes. So serious. Oh, my goodness. So, um, I got to know, Hyde, like, what did you think about the... We're going to talk about the, the Czech one as well, but what did you think about the Disney one? I'm dying to know. Oh, um, I mean, I found it really enjoyable. Uh, you did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I have a soundbite for you. What did you think of it? Oh, that's uh, okay. It seemed I like mean, a Disney film. It seemed like, uh, yeah. Yeah. It. It's so. It, it's so funny because, and Jessica, I would imagine you probably felt the same way. But watching the Disney one, it's like this warm blanket that gets wrapped around you and you just kind of like feel really good i don't know i did not feel no i did not feel like really good okay. <laughs> that's a wet blanket. i wasn't like not a, a warm blanket i wasn't a, <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't like a hundred percent repulsed but like uh-huh. i i did i did try to before i watched it because i actually don't really know if i've seen it i mean mm. it must have just been in my psyche uh-huh. because as a kid i mean like i knew the lyrics to some of the songs uh-huh. without even thinking about it and then you know i'm sure like babysitting or something it was uh-huh. probably always on on the television I'm just realizing that this was part of your indoctrination into the heterosexual, like, mainstream culture. Oh, my God. Fuck. You're so right. Yeah. That's so true. Which is, of course, ironic because it is, and you sent us that great article, Jessica, about how it's um, a queer allegory for Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah. And... 
you know, that's something that we can certainly talk about. But it's like they, the whole, like, there's some, there's actually quite a bit of, like, I think queer references in The Little Mermaid. Like, when I started to really think about it and look for okay. them. But as a child, like, yeah. you're just sort of, like, in La La Land, I, you I, know. I know mm-hmm. there's a controversy about the Disney film because the animators had some fun with including some uh-huh. subliminal uh-huh. sexual imagery <laughs> in the coral and the rocks yeah. but also yeah. that little shrimp dude looks like a straight up pink wiener <laughs> and once you see it you can't stop seeing it and I was like why oh is this God. dick talking to this mermaid <laughs> wait are you, are you talking Sebastian? yeah the crab? He, like the way his oh. eyebrows go up is totally like penal glands like, I thought you. I thought you're talking about like the shrimp that Ursula ate. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> and Hyde, I know I sort of told you about. I think that the priest in the wedding at the end, not to spoil it, um, gets like an erection. I think like during the ceremony. Oh I don't God. know if you were able to catch that one, but. I think that there was all these like rumors of like there's these look out mm-hmm. for this subliminal sexual thing in a Disney movie, but I was really thinking too about like queerness and like Ursula, her oh, like yeah. cave, her right. like very vaginal or yes, like totally sea lair. Yeah, and it's uh-huh. like very pink and purple. Isn't isn't the Ursula character uh the, like the character design based on Divine? Yeah, so it was like a, a, yeah, it was. I originally like I, I don't know if you've seen any photos of like some original drawings, but like Ursula had kind of like a transformation where I think at first she was kind of like maybe going to be this like Joan Collins esque character Mm -hmm. Uh and this very like thin witchy woman, (laughs) Uh and then she turned into this very like large over exaggerated she was a shark at one point i believe and had like a mohawk and then she turned and she was like more pink and red and then she turned purple and black and like her very like divine-esque i'm very um, interested in all this yeah yeah and so like i was thinking about like yeah her her like she's kind of like banished to this like dark part of the ocean but then Uh also like in the music um like it was like a Mencken and Ashman were like the lyricists and um people who wrote the music but Howard Ashman also did uh Little Shop of Horrors right Mm -hmm. um so I also think of think of that and um like the just how wild and sexual that like you know, Venus flytrap is. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so true. What kind of sex then... y'all be having? <laughs> <laughs> and very violent. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> and then I think of how, like, you know, Howard Ashman died a couple years after. Yeah. Um, I don't know this. The Little Mermaid was released. He died of AIDS. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, you have this, like, queer lyricist writing these lyrics about you know wanting to be like a part of your world and Uh you know (laughs) we can get into the Mm -hmm. the music of it but Mm -hmm. um i thought that was also 
um, pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 89. Totally different time in terms of the AIDS crisis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he really started the whole, like, I want, like, song with Disney Renaissance. Like, I want this. Like, there's basically oh. this whole formula that happened because, like, of the Little Mermaid and that, oh. like, that declaration. Like the protagonist setting a goal. Mm-hmm. Totally, huh. totally. So you'll start. You can see that kind of play out in a lot of other yeah. other um, Renaissance huh. movies. I, I want to live in a world where a pandemic is not ignored by the president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be nice. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, no, Jessica, Aaron, and I, uh, when we had a false start and we had a minute to talk, and we were mm. talking about the the um, some of the music, and we were talking about being introverts and uh, the song like "I Want to Live Where the People Are," <laughs> and uh-huh. I was changing the lyrics to like "I Want to Live Where the People Aren't." <laughs> That's I there there have been I've seen versions of that. Um, oh, before. yeah. There was also, I don't know if you mm. saw, like, on YouTube, um, there is this, like, like lesbian uh, cabaret recording of, like, what? parody of Part of Your World by oh. uh, Cynthia Nesbitt. I know mm-hmm. that name. <laughs> oh, we, yeah, so. we have a lot of links to share. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, j- Jessica, I was just talking about, uh, I'm at an artist residency in Newfoundland and I was having dinner with the other artist and talking about what we were getting ready to record. And I was trying to give them sort of like this beat down on what your work is about. And I talked about you uh, sort of uh, following the effigy reliquary Mm. and Um, your work with cremated remains and such. And I want to make sure that we get to talking about your work uh, in this episode as well, because I think your work is so, um, like, interesting and engaging. And, um, yeah, I mean, (laughs) we always do that, but somehow I want to make sure that we don't just talk about the films. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, I was, like, thinking, too, because of, like, the the little mermaid and I was like oh well like I hadn't I hadn't thought about it in terms of like as a like how has this like Disney film influenced by like <laughs> art right. making but then when I rewatched it I was like thinking oh like in the Disney version Ariel's kind of like this repository for these like treasures or also just oh, yeah. like garbage <laughs> that has fallen um into the ocean and she has her own like special hidden collection and like i also a lot of times think about the work that i make and things that come to me is like a lot of times i'm a repository for things that like people don't want to keep but also Mm -hmm. can't give away so i end up with a lot of people's collections of things Uh or um, people either specifically give them to yeah. multiple people have given them to me or um, they Keep. just end up in my <laughs> yeah, yeah. your keeper in, of the things 
<laughs> yeah. So um, for anybody I've... that hasn't seen The Little Mermaid in a little while, is that like Ariel has mm-hmm. a fascination with the above the sea world and everything that uh, she she collects things in, from sea uh, from shipwrecks, and so she's got mm-hmm. all of these objects that in her in a in a little hidden place and she doesn't know what they are and she's got funny names for them she doesn't know what they're used for but she she really loves mm-hmm. she's sort of a, like a hoarder of material totally cast offs um, hide it's a dingle hopper duh <laughs> me so obvious yeah what is she is she calling a fork to a dingle yeah. hopper and she thinks it's like a hairbrush or a comb right cuz she she gets advice from this you know seagull that oh my god oh buddy hackett (laughs) yeah it's voiced by buddy hackett (laughs) yep (laughs) who who tells her what these these objects yeah um are which is interesting because in the original story she actually her sisters are the ones that keep the objects and she's actually not interested in the objects she's interested in fostering this like underground garden of flowers uh-huh and oh yeah the only the only object i think she has is 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 a statue of a man which is like okay but uh-huh. <laughs> but she but she's also but she's more interested in like you know growing these things um mm-hmm. underwater uh-huh what and there is this like i mean i know it's sort of like a silly movie and it's for children but i wonder like this image or this depiction of this heroine who was adventurous and risk-taking and curious and it's like a lot of that that type of personality is how we would also define an artist and it's like i just can't help but wonder if there's like these little connections at least from from somebody like myself who was really influenced by this movie yes growing up like i like hyde mentioned i still have my original vhs tape with the golden penis on the front (laughs) cover it's i think it's i think it's worth like thirty dollars now so i'm still really or something silly like that how's your beanie baby collection is that increasing in value (laughs) speaking listen i as a child i my my sister and I both had a Beanie Baby collection, uh-huh. but I was not. My sister, I like, she's so incredible and amazing in that she just like loves with such greatness. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm selling this collection. I can make some money. And like, I sold like four Beanie Babies. It was on eBay for like seven hundred dollars. Oh, wow. What you did not? Yes, as a kid. <laughs> Oh I mean, any ones that I have now are not would not be worth anything. But like, yeah. <laughs> at the time, I was like, "It's time to let these." You out. were a baller. <laughs> you were just like. But my sister was like, "I cannot. I love them. You can't part." <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Now let wow. that be a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> no. Walk kidding. away. Oh, Take gosh. the money and run. <laughs> but that's hilarious that that was inventory. <laughs> In the oh, what nineties, yeah. early aughts, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was our investment. Our our college funds went into Beanie Baby. I'm sure. So, <laughs> you know, we were all in it. Yeah. So oh stupid. my goodness. Hey, I wanted to mention to the two of you that um, mm. so since this is a double feature and we're sort of like playing these films against mm-hmm. each other, I watched Aaron when you asked like, what'd you think of the Disney film? Well, I watched the yeah. Czech film first. 
And it's so uh-huh. surreal and kind of uh, mm. dr- like dreamlike. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and it's also like speaking of it being dreamlike, I fell asleep like six times and had to like <laughs> start it over again. Cause I'm just like that. Oh I'm, my I'm uh, my, my, I have some friends that I watch movies with and they always laugh about how I cannot stay awake. <laughs> Um, but, <laughs> but, um, so watching that film first and then seeing the Disney mm. film was such, um, such a contrast and, mm. um, and so interesting to compare these two films based on the same story. And it also, Jessica, I know because you're like, uh, you have a Catholic or background as a Catholic mm-hmm. and, uh, as I say, like prolapsed Catholics, <laughs> is that is um, you know thinking about the way biblical uh, tales are interpreted, misinterpreted, uh, used as propaganda to fulfill uh, you know whatever mission. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. just really interesting to watch, see such a drastic, drastically different versions of the same tale. That's true. And like, I think about that too in my work, like when you're talking about when I followed the saint, Maria Goretti, who was yes. the youngest canonized saint. And one of the reasons I really wanted to follow her was because of how her story had changed throughout the years. And uh-huh. when she was uh-huh. on tour, there was this wild priest who in 2015 got her remains released and they were, her remains were encased in a wax body of a child and then that was encased in a um (laughs) glass tomb like a glass Uh um coffin Uh that like was lit by leds Uh and then she was like went on tour for like over a month of the like eastern and southeastern part of the united states in the midwest yeah and so so to her... Just pause for a second, Jessica, because I want to make sure our <laughs> listeners are following uh-huh. this. That there is like the physical remains of a child encased in a wax effigy, which is also inside of a glass case that's lit with LEDs. So basically, like this kind of kitschy paperweight like that's a candle that's touring the southwest of the u.s like and and could melt (laughs) well when i was there one of the things that was wild on the trip like the thing that i was interested in her story was that she she became the patron saint of chastity and purity Mm -hmm. even though as a child you know Mm -hmm. she was most likely raped and Mm -hmm. then um supposedly her stories changed throughout the years like what her last words on her deathbed were Mm -hmm. through this telling with this priest taking her around the united states he said that she forgave her murderer on her deathbed and that she wished that he would go to heaven with her but then i've read other accounts where her last words were daddy and Uh so it's pretty yeah it's pretty wild and when they were touring around in 2015 um you know they would have bishops come and and i would go to the services and listen to what was said and everything they came back to was that you know we should 
young women today are lapsed in their morality and they should go back to Maria Goretti, who her story was she defended herself from being raped with her right arm. So they took her right arm off of her body and that is encased in Italy, um, but the rest of her remains. So the church took her arm and, Mm -hmm. and used it in this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, is it like a reliquary? Yeah. Yes. So so the her her arm they're both like her arm is a reliquary in in Italy wow. and then her body traveled and speaking of melting she did go in an air conditioned uh, <laughs> trailer and then there was I mean it was such a wild trip I that's what the chapbook has writing about oh, it um, gotcha. and it's about this this trip but when I was on the trip I also learned that the person so the priest had his own kind of like um i guess it 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 was a converted semi-trailer into this like luxury rv that was driven (laughs) by a man who owned the trunking company but was a in a pro-life biker gang um (laughs) and then yes (laughs) and then drove this um drove this this priest around on the tour and when i was driving because she did end up coming to texas funnily enough not san antonio which is strange because it's it's a a catholic Catholic priest driving around Mm -hmm. but when she was in between uh houston and and dallas she lost her nose like and i was probably (laughs) one of the only people that noticed (laughs) because i was like looking and one day her nose was just gone (laughs) but it got repaired and you know I had this aunt when I was growing up who um she had she was like a little bit vain but she had like cancer on her nose and she didn't want to just like live with this scab so she would put a band-aid on her nose and then put foundation to cover up the band-aid on her nose and that's what the that's what maria Gretti's nose looked like until it got fit for a little bit and then and then it got fixed but that's what it it is um, this is this the aunt that you made um a body of work about is it the ashes to ashes no no this is just a a a great aunt yeah yeah great aunt yeah Um, so it was a but so, yeah. <laughs> amazing, Jessica. And as you're telling this too, I'm thinking about the guy that owns the trucking company and the priest mm-hmm. and like that they've created this industry around Maria Goretti's tour and and that these men have been men and institutions have been entrusted with telling this young girl's story and right. refabricating it and decontextualizing it. And basically, like, yeah, just, and and going back to the film, too, like, the people, like, first Hans Christian Andersen is telling the story, and then mm-hmm. the Disney studios and the studios in Europe are telling this story of a young girl's first love. And even though she's not actually a young girl, because she's a mermaid, she's a mythological creature, but they're trying to get into like the psyche of a young girl. Um, mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Can I just mention really yes. quickly that, and I know there's the controversy happening right now with the the remake, but like oh, this, the yeah. Little Mermaid '89 
was also protested when it was first. Really? Um, yeah, because Ariel's 16 and like, this is a bad example for uh, children to watch as a 16 year old is getting married or something. It was really oh. weird. This. Jessica, hmm. I don't know if you remember it. I don't remember that at, at all. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's <laughs> you weren't big, reading the Huff, you know. Huff, Huffington Post when you were six? <laughs> I don't know why I know that, but I just know that that was like a thing people would bring up as like, oh, it's such a bad example. I'm like, she's not real, but okay. And it was a different time <laughs> period, and I'm pretty sure things were different back then. But what do I know? I'm well, I mean, I, I think it's funny that, like, the, the, the marriage part is a part that's, like, <laughs> controversial rather than, like, her, like, overly, like, sexualized Sexual. and, uh-huh. like, impossible, incredibly, like, yeah. thin waist and, like, over-sexualized body. Well, what about going to talk to a witch to get what you <laughs> to get what <laughs> <Yeah>. you want? <laughs> I did like the witch in the the Czech version because she's like, oh, you want to be human? Okay, like, y- y- it's not going to end well, but here's a little potion. And it's just like, she was so honest. And I just thought that was really funny. But I, I think that the that version is more um, true to the original yeah. fairy tale. Yeah, so. I think, because, like, the one part that, I re- that really stuck out, because it's been, because I don't think I've seen that since I was in college, but, like, you know... In the original story, it's like, you know, the witch tells her that, like, going to earth, like, going above the water is going to be so painful. Like, Uh every Mm -hmm. time you walk, it's going to feel like a knife through your Uh feet. Mm -hmm. Uh And so then to have those, like, bloody footprints into the Mm -hmm. sea. Oh, my um, God. I remember that. Now Um, I'm seeing, like, a Christ um, uh, parallel of, like, stigmata. So yeah. it was really interesting because, like, in the in the fairy tale, at the end, you know, she doesn't, like, the little mermaid doesn't, like, the deal is she either kills this prince so she can go turn back to a mermaid and mm-hmm. live underwater. Oh. Or, that, so that's how. That's quite different. Yes, that's the choice that she has. That's how she can get back or else she'll die. And the reason she wanted to become a human is that under like merfolk, I guess, live for 300 years. Right. And she found out that humans only live a short time, but they have eternal life because Oh good god. But it is it in 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 the in the story it's not explicitly said but obviously that's like implied and so at the end when she's dying and turns into sea foam because she doesn't kill the prince she actually turns to air and so mm-hmm. there's all these air spirits that tell her oh she can actually have eternal life if she does good deeds for 300 years <laughs> yeah. oh, is that all? so that <laughs> The one, the one, okay, the one similarity between the two films that I did Mm -hmm. not relate earlier, but on rewatching it, was just how like sadistic the eating scenes are. Oh yes, like in the Czech version, she's like brought to eat with the prince, and there's this giant fish. Yeah, and she's uh like disc, like disgusted. I don't know if she's like. 
I mean, come on, like sea like sea creatures eat each other, so I don't even know mm-hmm. <laughs> right. why That's that was true. a, a thing. But but it but yeah. when she's the way she's looking at it is like it's a part of like her and where she comes from. And then the little mermaid one's like totally sadistic where mm-hmm. that chef is like getting <laughs> yes. like such like satisfaction from like chopping up these fish and then that little crab is like in horror at his like friends being eaten and then when they sit down to eat with like ariel in the disney version like he has to scurry across and hide under Uh her dish but there's another dead crab under it so it's like he's hiding with a dead body and so it's it's a lot of carnage that i had not thought about i had thought about that too yeah well i was just gonna say that like i just kept thinking about if she does successfully pull off being a human being which in the disney version she does like is she gonna have to eat fish like is that gonna happen (laughs) is she gonna become a cannibal (laughs) she does yeah in the Czech version, she does end That's up. That's right, she does. Take, she, like he feeds her at the end. He feeds her like a uh-huh. piece of fish, which is yeah. kind of wild. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> okay. okay, there's also like parts of the original that get left out, and one of my favorites is that the sisters, um, her sis Ariel sisters, or the Little Mermaid sisters, um, take do they have their own bargain with the sea witch. And oh. in order to help save Ariel, or I'm sorry, the Little Mermaid, because um, yeah. this doesn't happen in the Disney one. But in order to help the Little Mermaid, they need to give her this like uh, knife to kill the prince and his new fiance. Uh-huh. Um, but uh-huh. in order to get the knife, the magical knife, they have to like give the sea witch their hair so they come up they're bald completely bald uh-huh. and they're like here's the here's the knife and i'm like oh i wish i kind of wish that those sisters could have been bald in the disney version i just think that would have been hilarious but you know they left that part out too so, well you know. and, and so did the czech version yeah didn't have that i don't think and you know, I was going to suggest that you guys watch the Rus- Russian film from 1976 oh, uh-huh. if you get a chance because it's it's uh, funny and it's very different in tone from the uh-huh. Czech film, <laughs> even though it's made in the same year and on the same continent and same source oh, material, weird. just super different. Yeah. And the, the witch is actually like a bartendress in a pub yeah yeah Whoa, and, and no uh way. yeah and and her bargain is different too she doesn't take uh the mermaid's voice she takes her hair oh, she takes her green hair and and uh and and she gets to keep her voice but she takes her green hair but then she sprouts this beautiful blonde hair so she actually Weird. can pass as a human better you know so it's like oh you know oh, man. not so much of a sacrifice that's crazy yeah. Yeah. Well, and in, in the original, instead of losing her voice, she actually has her tongue cut out. So oh, that's fuck. much more graphic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In the so, story. But, so she can't even yeah, French. But, no, I know. No. And I don't know or, if you, you know. Uh huh. If you saw, I like they did, and I didn't watch all of it. I just saw like some. I just watched the Ursula version um, mm-hmm. song. So when she, Ariel and Ursula are making the the deal in the live there's like a live action disney 
version oh. on TV, and Queen Latifah is Ursula. Oh, no. And there's this moment <laughs> where she takes, I mean, it looks like a sex toy, actually. It's like a tongue, and <laughs> she, like, like waves it at, she waves it at Ariel and then just, like, throws it in her cauldron. Oh, my God. Is this for children, or it is was, this, like, Yeah, it was, adult? like, no, it was, like, on a... ABC or whoever uh, owns Disney. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, one word, Illuminati. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Hyde, I wanted to ask you about like all of the queer coded villains that appear in Disney. Oh movies. yeah, like, yeah. And I have mixed feelings about Ursula because I've always really enjoyed her character. Yeah. And I've always thought that she was a, a great like villain. Yeah. But she is, you know, coded to be gay and it's like how does how do you feel about that because i well you know know. it's 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 different case by case for me i feel like and depending on you know Mm -hmm. the period of time and what's going on in the world Mm -hmm. but i do remember in the 90s like seeing uh was it uh aladdin and jafar Mm -hmm. is that who the villain is in that jafar and he's so totally He's so he's such a queen, you know, and and like Mm. and and just slithering around like a snake. And I do remember kind of like feeling disappointment, rolling my eyes, Mm. and going like, "Do they know he's gay? Like they know, Mm -hmm. like they know these are attributes of somebody that they don't trust, or like, oh, look Mm -hmm. out for this predator type, you know." So it is rather exhausting to see yourself yourself not that i'm jafar but like to see <laughs> your your group yeah uh, uh you know uh-huh. j- just to see whatever um like you know queer community represented in this in this yeah. in this role of a villain it it can feel sort of like d- disheartening and like yeah um but totally uh, you know, but uh, th- there's a long, long, long history of that, too, and that queer people and queer characters could not appear in films unless they had, mm-hmm. like, a role mm-hmm. like that. And that's sort yeah. of developed through the Hayes Code of censorship. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you couldn't have a positive queer character. Yeah. So any Gosh. visibility was a negative, you know. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Jessica, you have anything to say on that? Well, yeah. The one thing that, like, you know, I appreciated about, like, Ursula, even as a villain, is mm-hmm. that, you know, she's, like, this fat woman who's, like, mm-hmm. very, like... Uh, she's an octopus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> octopus, octopus woman. Yeah. <laughs> Oct- octopus woman. Um. Who's, like, very, you know, embracing of... Yeah. sexuality yes. um she's i would say that she's definitely like the most cognizant and like you know claiming her like claiming sexuality and yeah. even though it's supposed to be like i think you know even though it's supposed to be a farce i think right. like in the way that she's presented like this is supposed to be the you know um the thing that you don't aspire to to like right you know right um but i but i think that you know especially thinking about her based on divine somebody who really turned that repulsion into power 
um, right. me, definitely meant something to me uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And, and, and really makes her like attractive and like cool, even though, you know, she, she, she she's does, an outlaw, you know, an she's an outlaw and she, and uh-huh. I would say she's not everything I'm into with, you know, keeping her garden of like poor unfortunate <laughs> souls. You don't um, have that? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like out of all the songs, that's the one that I remember oh, the wow. most. Yeah. I feel like I have some poor unfortunate plants hanging around my apartment. But no, so. Just water them. But you, yeah. So my problem is I overwater. Uh, I care too much. And yes. then they're like, I'm drowning. Um, I'm, although my, my only point with, uh, the Ursula is that she kind of slut shames Ariel and calls her a tramp. And I'm like, hey oh, yeah. man, <laughs> oh. come on now. Yeah. J- just because she's in love with the prince? Or she's getting a little bit too, you know, um, close to sealing the deal, which I love that, you know, it's like, well, obviously a kiss means they're in love. And uh-huh. it's like, oh my God. Like the messaging here for little kids is so bad. You know, now looking uh-huh. back at this, it's right, like, right, ah, right, right. right. Well, all, yeah, it's also, it's like, what redeeming qualities does Prince Eric have? He's like a total <gasps> dope. He's like a total dope. I mean, he likes his dog. That's nice, I guess. <laughs> but other... <laughs> Other yeah. than that, it's not like he did something that she was like, all right, this is going to make me, you know. I, I think the the message is so convoluted in the Disney yeah. movie. I think it's supposed to be like, your voice is your power, but like, what is your voice for? Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, right. Just to lure the prince, right? Yeah. 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 Totally. I really loved that. Uh, this reminded me of your work, Jessica, where at the beginning and Eric is being presented with a a birthday present and it's this hideous (laughs) sculpture of him in this like very pomp sort of Mm -hmm. gesture Uh and I was thinking about how you made a body of work about the absence of some of those types of monuments and I just Mm. wanted to see if you would want to talk about that a little bit um well I don't I don't know I'm trying to you know, I'm thinking about the <laughs> the um, Eric and his sculpture when it goes mm-hmm. down to the bottom of the ocean, uh-huh. and then isn't it presented in the Disney version oh, like yeah. like a was it Flounder? One of her like sea friends is like somehow Flounder, a little bitty uh, Flounder fish, I suppose. Yeah, was <laughs> able to get like a life size. I'm guessing marble, that's yeah. my guess, uh, sculpture into this, like, cavernous cave. Uh-huh. I, it's a miracle. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Gravity is different in animated worlds. <laughs> that's yeah. true. And underwater, underwater, I'll give him that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so it was a present or a surprise. And then, at the, and then when King Triton discovered, oh, which actually we haven't even talked about, the king, when uh-huh. he discovers her collection in that, like, sexy mm-hmm. statue uh-huh. um, <laughs> right and then he dis- he he also like destroys it so there is an absence of yeah eric yeah. except for isn't it just like his face is <laughs> right his, like it's like a death mask it? yeah yes oh it reminded me very wow. much of very much of um 
of of a death mask. Yeah. Uh, so you can no longer full frittage the statue, but you can still make out with the mask <laughs> face. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were gonna talk about uh, the dad character that oh, is Neptune. The dad. What, what's his Triton. Triton? Triton and his nipples. Yes, and his nipples. Oh my! <laughs> I mean, speaking Hi. of like gay characters, I feel like he's oh, very yeah. extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying about gay people? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Triton is, to me, he represents, like, the patriarchy and all that's Mm -hmm. fucked up with the patriarchy, and he's trying to control. There's also this weird, like, okay, so, like, you know, we see Ursula as having taken um, Ariel's voice, you know, as being this, you know, Uh negative. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, Triton also tries to silence Ariel. Like, he even says, like, you know silence and he basically is like doing the same thing in a different way right controlling her and and he's a bit of a narcissist he sets up the concert (laughs) to (laughs) self-aggrandize through his daughter's talent he's sort of Mm -hmm. like a what's the what's weird yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i think those are the things i i overlook because i I think when I first saw this, I saw Trident as the daddy who saved her in the end or helped her in the end. But, you know, now I kind of see it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. because there's like a line in that that part of your world. I was like, what is it like? Betjan land, they understand. They don't <gasps> reprimand know. their daughters. I'm like, I've got news for you, <laughs> Ariel. And, you know, I was thinking, and this is kind of like another kind of, um, kind of parallel to the queer experience, but it's like a lot of young kids who come out to their parents get abandoned or, yeah. you know, cast out and like terrible things can happen because of that. I mean, they can be homeless, they can oh, be yeah. destitute. And it's like, it's really fucked up when parents do that to their children, where they don't try to understand, like, why yeah. they want certain things. Well, and, there's know. a statistic I read, and I, I, I'm not, I know I don't have the correct number, but there is a majority of homeless teens that are gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish that Triton was like a lesson to parents, but I guess they didn't see it that way, you know, but mm-hmm. it, yeah. And, and the happy ending is probably not helpful when in the end, he's like a very sweet, loving, kind father, you know, like I even get a little teary eyed at the end when she's like hugging him at, and yeah. oh my God, like I totally fall for it. Like it's really easy to like go there, you know, <laughs> but he was, he was not a nice dad. Not a nice person. Yeah. Well, Um, I guess it's like baby steps in a way. You know, it's like mm, for the time, mm -hmm. 1989, and and what they're, the issues that they're tackling, and they're still kind of fumbling and stumbling through Mm -hmm. other issues. I want to ask each of you, since you first had exposure to this at six years old, (sighs) how many (laughs) times would you estimate you've each watched this film? Okay, you go first, Jessica. I'm not even sure because I don't really 
remember watching it at home, but I mean, we must have had the VH, the VHS. Um, and it's like, I know the music. It's like <laughs> uh-huh. when it came on, I was like, okay, knew the lyrics. So mm. I can't, I can't even say how many times mm-hmm. I watched it because I also like grew up as a kid where my mom was very like anti TV. Mm. So ah. we didn't really like my sister. The only way she got a TV that could get television channels was that I think she won enough tickets at like this oh. arcadey place called Haunted Haunted oh, Trails, no. and they and she was able to procure a oh. VHS slash TV with an yes. antenna that I'm only got recep it only got reception in our attic. Oh my god! So she would she would dra- she drag this little TV up there. Oh. So like we, I feel like this is the like, plot for a Disney film. Yes. <laughs> Yes, my um, little TV, totally. <laughs> but it, it just, I just had to, have, it just had to have been always in the background at that point, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if I went to someone else's house or something. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, I was, my mom was, I, I'm sure we had it and I'm sure we watched it, but probably I don't even, I can't even guess. How about you, Erin? How many oh, times? Oh my God. <laughs> I, an infinite amount of times as a child, for sure. I didn't. I, I couldn't count. I mean, I have no idea because I know I just watched it on repeat. Um, I loved it so, so over a hundred uh, times. Oh oh God, yes. But then I mean, n- none of them I can distinctly remember except the most recent. <laughs> so embarrassing, but the most recent time <laughs> minus this past viewing was like a year ago. Yeah. And my boyfriend and I had accrued some uh, some lovely little um, edibles. <laughs> and I was like, I do want to watch The Little Mermaid High. Like, I just want to do that. And it was a lot of fun watching it high. Did, oh, did it? you get in your pajamas and eat cereal? Oh, yes. I mean, I was like, I think I probably had popcorn or some something to munch on and other oh. things. And it was just, it was fun. I was like, I'm just going to do it, and I don't give a fuck. So Yeah. Yeah, so 101 times probably I've watched this movie, and (laughs) and then some. I I just feel like I watched something where a character is talking about guilty pleasures, and and somebody's retort is, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Just enjoy something. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, and I think I can get in this, like, workaholic mindset where I'm like, everything has to be related to something I'm working on. Yeah. And lately, I've been really trying to deprogram myself to just enjoy things for the sake of pleasure and, like, not worry about how they might relate to something else. Mm. So, and that really was, like, very much The Little Mermaid because... I wasn't, I w- we weren't doing the podcast then. I don't, maybe we were, gosh. I mean, I wouldn't have been telling people I was watching The Little Mermaid. <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> That's not intellectual, you know. But you know, it's funny thinking about like the prolonged exposure to the storyline and these visuals. Mm-hmm. And it starts to make me think about like, of course, indoctrination, because that's such a hot uh-huh. topic right now. But also, oh gosh, like, yeah. going back to Catholicism and the idea of, like, repeated prayers or doing, like, a rosary mm-hmm. where you're you're watching something so often or saying something, mm-hmm. repeating something, that it seeps into your subconscious. 
and you're barely aware of it, but but it is becoming part of your psyche. Well, you know, it's true because when I was following Maria Goretti around, I would go to these church services and from, you know, being raised Catholic, yeah. but, you know, my mom, I went to Catholic school, my mom pulled me out of school in sixth grade because she was like enough of this oh, wow. but um Thank God. but yeah. even for that short amount of time i thought that i you know you remembered the incantations of oh, yeah. the service except for i guess i just hadn't been in such a long time was that they changed some of them and so then i was like oh my gosh they're gonna know that i'm like not <laughs> one of them because i'm not do- i'm not like like saying the right thing that's, yeah. that's... like a poser or something or oh um well so when i uh-huh. went in like they like i thought in my mind i was like i'm gonna well at first i didn't even want to see this maria Goretti. My uh-huh. mom was like, there's this thing, and I really think you... And I feel oh, like my wow. mom is like a conduit uh-huh. for a lot of th- things I get into. And Definitely. in some ways, like, the th- the <clears throat> wild journeys I go on, like, are prompted by her in some ways. Mm-hmm. And so I it was going to be... It, it came to Chicago. So I went outside of Chicago to see Mar- Maria Goretti. My mom didn't even come with me. Mm-hmm. And then it was a time where... I had like a gap and I was like, well, I'm just going to go like to the next state over and see her. So I ended up going to like (laughs) Indiana. Then I ended up in Ohio. And then as I'm like traveling further east, like, you know, to Maryland, like Virginia, Uh um, I was like, oh, you know, I think when I was like maybe in Ohio, I was like, I should send an email to the priest because he was giving me kind of weird looks after it was like multiple states I had been following them. And I, and I, and Are you I wearing didn't want to lie. Are t-shirt at this point? <laughs> well, you know, in the, in the back, they did have a merch table, just <gasps> FYI. Wow. So they were selling Maria Goretti uh-huh. hats, seat, like photos, no. DVDs. There was one time in Houston where during the actual service, the priest was telling the story and he had a video from above him where he bought like a tool that was like the farm tool that was used to stab her. And he oh. had a video from above him like recreating the stabbing. And then all of a sudden he pulls out a DVD and he's like, and this story is told on my DVD for the low price of blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, and buy some for all of your friends. While I reenact a child's murder. Yes, yes, yes. It was so, it was just so, um, it was pretty unbelievable. But I had like emailed him to be like, hello. And I didn't want to lie. And I was like, how can I phrase this email? And so I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm on a personal journey of my own. Uh-huh. And I am going to be photograph. I would be photographing it. And, I, and, and I'm a, you know, trained photographer. So I could photograph this event for you. I think that probably just weirded him out more. Uh-huh. And on the very last night. Uh, of the tour, which ended up in, <laughs> hilariously enough, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, um, God. <laughs> oh, shit. The, 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 um, the person that ran the merch table, I was, I think I was back there, and, and the man goes, Maria Goretti's got her eye on you. Oh, and I was what? like, ah! 
And then at the end, they were saying, so like they're, they're taking her for her final, like loading into her cart so she can go back <laughs> to Italy. And they're like, all right, everybody, we got to pray out here because I've gotten, this is the priest speaking, I've heard that Satan's here. And I was like, are they talking about me? <laughs> and I was like, because I feel like it's just that residual Catholic guilt where you're just like, you know, a woman standing there, uh-huh. but they're like, oh, no, they're talking about Satan. It must be oh, me. Wow. Oh, my And I was God. like, of course a priest would have never responded to my email. I'm a woman, like, mm-hmm. saying, he's never going to let me into the tour bus or take a photo of him. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> But I also didn't want him to call the police on me. Oh, my God. You just go over to the menstrual tent. (laughs) 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 Oh, That's wild. And, Jessica, are you even having, like, some self-doubt about, like, am I evil? Am I? Well, I... I was like, oh, because I in my mind I was like, oh, he's looking at me. He's definitely looking at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my. But it's funny because like there was one thing that was like added that I don't remember, like being part of the service, the Catholic repertoire when I was there. Yeah. But it was like when you pound on your chest and you're like, my fault, my fault, my grievous fault. <laughs> I don't know this prayer. Yeah, and that was like added to like multiple times when I was like, I was like, oh my goodness, I don't remember. And I was, I was like, I wasn't prepared for this because I thought I would cruise through. Yeah. Um, but I, but I was like, oh my gosh, they must be watching me, knowing I'm not, <laughs> not going along. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> clocking your 1989 uh, oh, liturgical. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. That's crazy. <laughs> I, yeah, it's kind of funny. I felt the wind taken out of me just then. And I think it's like, <laughs> like religious trauma. Because, oh, you know, Catholics are crazy. Well, I was just going to say, you know, like I spent my entire young life and my early adulthood in the Catholic Church, even though like I knew I did not agree with the church's politics. I was really, I was really quite spiritual and 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 Catholicism was what I understood. It was what my culture was. So, um, you know, I I it's like I attended mass to spite the Catholic Church. It was like you're not mm. going to take this from me. But you also feel like, um, you know, you're hiding in the attic because they're talking about you in no uncertain terms. That you are mm-hmm. wicked. You're a wicked homosexual. Mm-hmm. You're a sodomite, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's a very strange place to be worshiping somewhere where you're demonized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I had to talk to my sister-in-law about that because she did not understand the perspective of queer people and why we left the church. You know, mm-hmm. and I I still don't know if she really understands, but. Um, yeah, what a fucking mind fuck. Mm. Well, I've heard that there are some like parallels to, you know, kind of back to the Little Mermaid with the trans experience of uh-huh. like the transformation that happens um, in oh. the movie. And then there's this like idea that she is, you know, she's got her. Has she made the her, right decision? Like, 
Well, yeah. I mean, maybe there's, you know, like wanting to be somebody else. Like, I mean, it seems like a pretty obvious um, yeah. parallel. But then you also think like she's in this cavern uh, with these objects that she's collected. And it's kind of like this weird metaphor for being like in the closet in uh-huh, a way. Uh-huh. Like there's all these like funny little... My favorite part of the whole movie, though, was actually at the end where um, Triton makes, like, this giant rainbow across the sky, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, like, it is a queer movie. Like, it just made me so happy to, like, I'm sure that wasn't intentional, but when, I think people could see it that way. When did the know? rainbow become a, a, <gasps> a symbol for like, gay liberation? When did that kind of enter the mainstream? Mm, probably like the late seventies, I would think. Okay, okay. I don't. I have to look that up. Yeah, Shoot. I don't know. I know right now, like people are aware of it, you know, and furious. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, they're like, yeah. how dare you take the rainbow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> My friend Miranda actually sent me a message saying that, uh, like, somebody on the street was interacting with her uh asking her for money and then she has like a butch haircut and uh mm-hmm. and this this person asked her if she was one of the rainbow people or if she was part <laughs> part of the rainbow and uh and Miranda knew what she meant you know and said like yeah I oh, am wow. and she's like yeah I like your look you know or something like that but <laughs> <laughs> part of the rainbow you know Something that I was wondering with this viewing is, and uh, you know, as a now mature woman, like who's going to tell Ariel about her? I know, (laughs) mature. But and maybe this is an immature thought, but like, is Ariel going to get a lecture about her lady bits, her vagina? Like, does she get some information? Right. Like now she has one, and. As a woman that was brought up in the 80s and 90s in the South, like, we never get taught about our vaginas. Uh-huh. They're, you know, like, I'm still learning about the vagina, honestly. Like, I was watching this <laughs> documentary, and I was like, oh, that's what that is. Like, I didn't know that. No way. Um, oh, no. oh, my God, yes. Yes, I still have. It is a mystery at times because there's just been a lack of education but i hope that ariel might have had somebody to be like hey this is this yeah. is new maybe you should you know i doubt it but i know i was kind of <laughs> hoping that like one nurse might like explain things to her but, I <laughs> but it would be nice you know, she had well, a little education yeah well you know erin i i don't think your sentiment is is uh that unique actually no no i think i think it is i mean it's kind of like what we're talking about like under the sea (laughs) you know under Mm -hmm. the surface it's like male genitalia Mm -hmm. is out there and always kind Mm -hmm. of begging for attention while female Mm -hmm. genitalia is internal and and like Mm -hmm. you don't have ready let's say visual contact with it so right yeah so so and also just the culture of like we're not going to celebrate this part of you we're going to you know we're going to uh, put it away it's and shameful. Yeah, yeah yeah unless you're in Ursula's lair <laughs> I know a different story yeah <laughs> right that well and i know in the original fairy the fairy tale um <laughs> she had when her like 
thin split and made legs like it was supposed <laughs> to be really painful and yeah. I was like uh-huh. yeah that that kind of like checks out like you know you've got this idea of like having a female body and then you associate that with pain uh-huh. and it's like well of course they do you know I mean that's that's very common like girls are taught to be like afraid of sex because like it's gonna they're, hurt oh and this is this is what I learned. Okay, y'all, this is again, this is so embarrassing. But I just found <laughs> out that the the hymen grows back. I did not know that. Did y'all know that? No, never heard that. <laughs> oh my god, Jessica, did you know that? I didn't know that. This is what I'm talking about. I think mine grew back after uh, quarantine. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know if that's. Yeah, true. That's what, no, it is. I saw it on like a sciencey. Like, wait, where did you, where did, where did you get this information? Because I don't know. Jessica, I will just say this. Jessica is the debunker. That should be her middle name. Because, you know, you're, you're one of the most persistent people in terms of research that I've ever met. And I feel like I would rather call Jessica than Google something. Because okay. Jessica will know oh, stuff. No, you should always look. You should look at things You're from like right. multiple sources. Dot but I trust you person. more than the internet. Yeah. <laughs> this, okay, do you remember? This was a Netflix documentary and it had what I felt was a very trusted sex therapist who was very like, very positive. Were they wearing glasses? <laughs> she was, Were, she was You can tell if they're smart. <laughs> she was definitely wearing glasses. So she knew her shit. She, she totally knew the vagina inside and out. And I was like, <laughs> what, 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 what was this? What was this expert's Shit. name again? I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. But it was about, it was about like focusing on female pleasure. Like that I remember because I was like, oh, you never see that come up in a documentary like that. I want to watch that. Uh-huh. And I did. I learned things. Wait so, a minute. So you know, women enjoy sex? It happens. <laughs> it does. That's crazy. I know. I think I there's. Know. I think Satan is here. I think he's among us. <laughs> Alive or should I well. say she? <laughs> she is among us, <laughs> seeking pleasure. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Aaron, there was something that I've always thought about is, and that I, my sister and I have a memory about, but I don't know if it's true. Speaking of things I don't know it's true, <laughs> is when I watched The Little Mermaid in the theaters, yeah. I have this very vivid recollection of Ursula exploding and her <laughs> like tentacles. Like she doesn't sink like in the uh-huh. version I watched, but like she like exploded and like, i feel like that's what i, I saw she, well, she 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 gets stabbed with the hole of the ship and yeah. then she like sinks to the bottom and then and then like some of her tentacle bits like yeah come down uh. but in my mind yeah, she brings all the little goody things to life, right? Like her little, her little bits, like they come back to like the little merfolk. Oh, because she's dead, like it, it breaks this, it breaks the spell, yes. and then 
I the poor unfortunate souls are I know. back to normal. <laughs> I don't remember the exploding bit, um, but I will say that I don't really remember seeing it in the theaters. I was just told that I saw it and that I was, um, it was with my sister and my grandmother, which like, I'm like, oh, um, and, um, but yeah, I don't actually remember seeing it in the theater. I've just been told that's what happened, huh. <laughs> but we all have like weird distorted, like, right. I'm, yeah. I'm wondering, I wish I could go back in time and ask myself that before I watched it when I got high, I probably remember <laughs> when I was consuming a couple edibles <laughs> or just like laughing hysterically. So yeah this is a funny movie no like hi did you laugh like i was still laughing at in this movie um not the it. czech version but the disney version yes i did laugh <laughs> the disney version i did laugh at the hair in the czech version like it was just so yeah. well talk about that for our listeners that haven't seen the czech version what the costume design mm-hmm. is for the the mer people yeah jessica tell us about that well, it's, I, it's it's very, like, surreal. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, was it Cocteau's, like, Beauty and the Beast a little uh-huh. bit? Like, yeah. touching on that, like, yes. surrealism. And uh-huh. um, there, it's very watery feeling, but they're wearing these variations of, like, blue robes. And then their yeah. hair is, like, wild and teased out, but in... I, I think it was like collections from the shipwrecks were in their hair. Like there's okay. like sea garbage in their yeah, hair. I think. It, it was it was total like a, a ratty mess of sea garbage in these headdresses. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I was gonna say it's like a Greek tragedy the way that they're oh, wearing yeah. the the robes. And they're kind of standing in these proscenium formations, mm-hmm. and and they're and they're then they very have this very static. like blue makeup. Mm-hmm. Yes, blue makeup yeah. uh, from the brow over their up. eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody had fun that day, like deciding what the costumes were gonna be. It's just like we're just gonna like I I felt like definitely they didn't have the technical and i don't know if that even really existed in the 70s mm-hmm. to be able to pull off like a mermaid effect well you know i animation did. as an artistic choice i was actually mm-hmm. it took me a minute to get into their that look but then mm-hmm. i i was appreciating that they weren't doing something so literal as mm-hmm. like like a like they're yeah. they're swimming around. They're actually like their feet are covered up because they're in these robes, but they're just they're yeah. moving around like humans. But they're but they're underwater. Yeah. But they're not they're not pushing it to such a degree. Mm-hmm. It's like you you kind of have to get used to it, like theater. Like you're immersed in this yeah. world, and you're not yeah. uh, kind of uh, like hand fed like the mm-hmm. aquatic uh, fantasy. Yeah, it had like a psychedelic-y kind of yeah. vibe going on. And then I felt like the hair was actually like a, kind of like a way <laughs> that maybe they got around like because hair behaves very differently in water. That's and like true. They were able to do that. So it's like the hair kind of let them create a sort of water effect without having it to really behave the way that 
it would naturally. So yeah. I thought that was a really creative and gnarly choice. And it was also kind of unisex. Like the men and the women it was. were similar. And the men had the makeup too. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And the opening was very sexual. Like the t- the game that the mm-hmm. two sisters are playing the when pearls. they're like yeah. flicking the pearls into the hole. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Okay, so explain... <laughs> and then they're like using their nose and then their tongue to do uh, it at the end. Explain that to Aaron in terms of her own anatomy. <laughs> Flicking the pearl. I am hopeless. And then also, you know, there was the statue in the Czech version. The one mm-hmm. statue was of oh, her yeah. mother. Mother, yeah. Which is um, funny because we don't get any mother in the Disney version. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her mother who fell it, like, what was it? Her mother felt the story was like in the Czech version, her mother fell in love with a poor fisherman. Mm-hmm. And then that's why, because she didn't know what happened to her mom, right? She wouldn't, oh. no one would talk about it. Uh-huh, and then that's uh-huh. what, <laughs> well, she turned to foam and then there's a statue where she mm-hmm. looks like she's, you know, a ghost, basically. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That yeah. that sort of reminds me of uh, Lot's wife turning back to look at Sodom and Gomorrah. <gasps> mm-hmm. and being, oh. salt. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Fro- oh. Preserved in a an, an effigy mm-hmm. again. We're back to Maria Goretti. It, yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of that as, as well. Wow. Crazy. Um, this, there's so many layers to this. It's... It's such a. Oh. I just want to thank you so much, Jessica, for bringing these two movies to us. Cause yeah, like there's, it was it's fun to dig into both of them. You know. Yeah, 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 talk yeah. About your work too. <laughs> and and let's definitely uh-huh. post um, a link to that article that you found about the recent version of uh, Little Mermaid and the kind of hysteria and racist reactions yeah. against um, and. Even though none of us have seen, I don't know if we want to talk about the version that'll come out next year. Oh yeah, with where the main character is black. I mean, it it's obviously there's. I, I felt like this this sort of um, protest happened like a year ago. I thought people were all you know upset it, about it. it, and then it they were back. when it was announced, but announced. I think what, what, what brought it back up was that there was um, the, a trailer the vid- for uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. Um, and it was and real. So, and then they had to really complain all over again <laughs> about... And I, I brought up to Hyde a, cu- a couple days ago, but I was like, you know, the of course we know the Disney didn't follow the Hans Christian Andersen, and even the fact that she's like American and Christian uh, Christensen was, shoot, what was he Swedish I think or a Danish Dutch. Danish yeah, and it's like well that wasn't faithful either. So what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah, you and know? do mermaids have nationalities? Yeah, yeah, I mean it's just so and and. I believe that Disney made other iterations, um, like sequels uh, in animated form, and they had Black Mermaids in those versions. So it's like just just as long as all the unicorns are Caucasian. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it is. It is mm -hmm. kind of like like there's so 
there's so many layers of tragedy in these protests mm -hmm. because even mm -hmm. the the people um, who are oh, no. upset by these <laughs> these casting decisions are um, like I feel like they they are unaware of what they're telling us about themselves while they think they're talking about the movie mm -hmm. I doubt you know, they're, it but <laughs> yeah they're uh, just confessing so many um, character uh, faults um, mm -hmm. but no. yeah will you guys go see the new movie <laughs> are you uh, guys curious I, well I mean I haven't to be honest I haven't been to a movie theater since the pandemic so I don't um, yeah. yeah you know what I would watch it if it was streaming and maybe I'll, I'll just say this if it was free and I only what? say that because I have not liked any of these Disney remakes at all like I've just I've not enjoyed any of them is it because you I'm, think you're like fair, tied to the I, what what other what other remakes are there? Oh, I, I oh my God! They've done they. Well, I, I saw the Cinderella, which they was Cinderella. the best of the worst. They did live animation, which was it was just. I think they're trying. Is too that the hard. one where Billy like, Porter is uh, the the fairy godmother? Um, no, I don't think this one. I can't remember. Okay. But then I saw the. Beauty and the Beast remake, and I thought that was a okay. I didn't even know any of these things oh. were remade. Yes, yeah. they're so bad. And the problem with like the Beauty and the Beast is that they like felt the need to go into this weird backstory of like where the mother, like what happened to the mom, and like it was just this whole big thing. And it was really long, and the music wasn't any good, and the acting was really bad, and it's just like ah. Like, what did y'all do to, like, why? And you know what it is. They're trying to make money. They know they've got these oh, golden yeah. tickets. They've got a built-in audience, right. Totally. And it's yeah. just like, I see right through it. You all, you all are not being innovative. You're just, right, you know, trying right. to make a quick It's bump. not a bold choice to remake Cinderella. Yeah. It's not. It totally isn't. And yeah. so, I and maybe this Little Mermaid version will be the first one that they do right. I don't know. But... Uh, you know, yeah. I might. You know, I always. I haven't taken my nephews to a, the movie theater, so maybe I'd take. I'd take them. Yeah. Um, they're they're intrigued. You gotta start indoctrinating. <laughs> they're them. intrigued about the <laughs> movie, so. Uh, yeah, it is funny how like the media that we consume as children like really influences. Like I really feel like my relationships have been kind of fucked up because of this movie. Like, I, I'm going to ah. put some of the blame on it because it does set your... Like, she falls in love with the first human that she sees. And it's yeah. just like, why did that... Why, you know? Right. And I, <laughs> that's frustrating. You know, as, as somebody who knows that that's, that's really not yeah. a good idea to fall in love with the first person that you well, see. or the it, it makes me think about, like, um, pop songs in the 50s and how... Uh, oh, yeah. Like uh, stylistically, the um, or the narratives were always about sacrificing yourself for love, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it's it's a fairly contemporary message to say like, hey, beware, uh, mm -hmm. don't trust everyone. Uh, you know, 
take your time with this. Yeah. There's something about like hurling yourself into the volcano of passion <laughs> that is yeah, yeah like a re- uber romantic idea. Yeah. So I actually made a sculpture like from this realization that I had about the little mermaid because it had such a big impact on me as a child, but like I uh it really uh really short story here, but I was inspired by the golden penis on the front of the cover <laughs> and I wanted to do something about that cuz it hadn't occurred to me till much later. And so I went out and I bought a cow tongue, like a cow's tongue picture. <laughs> yeah. And then I cast it in like gold resin and it stands erect like the but it's all about how she loses her voice and her tongue and and I wanted wow. it to be kind of funny in that way, but I don't know where that piece is, honestly. I don't know where it went. But yeah, I've never seen it. It was surreal to have, like, like cow's tongues are, like, massive. Like if they are. One, they're just, yeah. mm-hmm. like, it's, like, a good, like, 18 inches tall. It's just, like, but this it's very pretty <laughs> and shiny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, I grew up raising cattle. And so, yeah, whenever you'd, you'd feed them, like, they uh-huh, use their tongue to eat huge. out of your hand. And, uh-huh. uh, and it's quite something else to see, like, after it they've is. been butchered, to see their tongue oh, yeah. in the oven. And, no. like, to just know, like, oh, that was yeah. Toby's tongue. Like, I don't <laughs> think I want to eat dinner. Yeah. It's funny. I no. had a friend who, she grew up on a dairy farm. And she, I think she kind of uh-huh. always knew as a kid she wasn't going to be a f- f- going to the family business. Yeah. Because when her brother was, like, doing mm-hmm. the work, she would make out of molasses and like corn these like cakes for the the most prettiest docile cow (laughs) Uh that's so sweet yeah i like that story i totally get that yeah Yeah. but it's funny i did i forgot about the the penis on the cover oh my gosh i'll never what is it is it in my memory is is it supposed to be a piece of coral or what is it it is the golden palace. I will send you this picture, huh? Okay, yeah. It is the, it's the palace under the sea, the golden one. And then there's all these like phallic-y kind of shapes happening. Yeah. But then right in the middle, it is a very clear penis right <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. Very erect. And it's like, oh, wow, that is on the cover. That's okay. crazy. Well, I mean... Yeah. Honestly, going back to Sebastian, I just feel like mm. once you like <laughs> notice how penile uh-huh. he looks and how his <laughs> how his eyebrows go up in this like penis gland, you're like you're like why on earth is it shaped like that, pink and like oh my you know yeah, it's very like holy shit. Yeah. I can't wait to do how a they post get away on Instagram. This. About Sebastian and his penis yeah. looking uh, face. That's going to be. Yeah. Oh, he does fun. make some pretty suggestive smiles. <laughs> he does that little like smooshy smooshy at the tape at the bedside table where he's like kissy kissy. And, you know, I mean, he's a silly creature. Oh, <laughs> Him and Scuttle. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. Well, Jessica, this has been so much fun. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm glad we were finally able to do yeah. this. And, uh, yeah, it was. Thanks, thanks for, yeah, thanks for and... bringing us this sort of package, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Speaking of. As it were. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jessica, what are you? What are your plans in San Antonio for your exhibition? So I'm working on this piece that has a lot to do with like memories and gaps, gaps and memories. And actually, I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> holes is a theme. So maybe I'll refer oh, to wow. visit some sea holes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that <laughs> now that I'm. <laughs> thinking about this underwater world (laughs) you're welcome yeah yeah and that's in november (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and the show in chicago is up until late october you say yeah and and what's the venue it's a at a place called good weather um which is on Uh west it's western 15th and western avenue but yeah it's a it's a Uh it's called what is it louder lord Loud, loud lord. lord it's what i loud, loud lord, lord. Mm-hmm. but is it is it like a religious themed work um no but i but i think that there is it's it's not a um specifically religious themed um okay show but there is there is um a good piece of i'll i'll link i'll send a link to it um yeah in okay. the in the uh to you guys to put up okay <laughs> sorry <Cool>. <laughs> <laughs> no it's okay and we appreciate you uh being on the podcast we know you're still recovering uh from an illness I, I, oh so, yeah i'm like uh, i'm like my i was like my covid brain's kind of taken taken over now I feel. <laughs> yeah yeah oh, so well, uh, you we know we have, get over yeah. that yeah 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 well i wish (laughs) i could uh talk about our next guest but i think it's a little up in the air yeah yeah i we're definitely teetering between two two you know where i stand on this i feel like it's really risky to announce the next episode always because we do so much juggling with schedules and such but like it's three three people coming together it's a lot to organize you know yeah it's a oh you're talking about our podcast i was like three people coming (laughs) together (laughs) hell yeah Hide. Get your brain out of that gutter. <laughs> no, it never leaves the gutter. It is it is taken up residence firmly in the I gutter. That's why I love you. Yeah, I love you too. <laughs> well, Jessica, thank you again. This was so much fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Good show, me. you guys. <laughs> yeah. This All right. old lady's going to bed. It's All right. Bye. Bye. Adios. <laughs> Each little snail here know how to wail here. That's why it's hotter under the water. Yeah, we in luck here, down in the muck here.